Hi, I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast, a Soulfire production. This is an investigation and honoring of who we get to become in the process of embodying our dreams. If you're a rule breaker, paradigm shifter, and movement maker of today, then this leadership podcast is for you. It's time to finally take up more room on the page of your life. Welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast. I hope you're ready to be activated, y'all. We have a very specific conversation that must progress. My friend and mentor, Allison Bird, is on the show today. And that is that success has a cap or a limiter. She's talking about redefining success, playing big in this world, rewriting our money stories, and calling us out on our fear of greatness. Whenever we are navigating and negotiating ourselves into smallness and justifying it with, well, because people that are that are big like that, you know, they have to sacrifice who they are. I'm not willing to sell my soul. Okay, that's like saying I'm not going to get on a treadmill because I don't want to get too skinny. I ain't even done one walk. Allison Bird is celebrated as one of the world's most trusted leadership advisors and sales experts for entrepreneurs and small business owners. And get this, not only, of course, is she a sought after speaker and she's a mentor and expert, but she's worked with tens of thousands of business owners now in more than 27 countries around the world. This is a recording from my Divine Feminine Leadership Academy. So enjoy getting a very intimate look at Allison's greatness. Allison is going to activate you today into a deeper understanding of your voice and purpose. And I have a sneaky suspicion that when you're done with this episode, you're going to be ready to share your story with the world and maybe on the world's most sought after stage. Hmm? If you've ever wanted to give a TEDx talk, this is your sign to fucking go for it. My course, how to land and embody your first TEDx talk will teach you everything you need to not only land it, of course, but spread it with ease. And a lot of my students, many have landed a talk after just one application process, which is kind of unheard of, but my course is the shit. I also have personally given two TEDx talks to more than a million views, and I want to help you do the same. It's on sale today. The link is in the show notes and also on my Instagram. Now to Allison. Thank you, Abby, for such an incredible introduction. I want to start with, you know, the acknowledgement. Whenever I hear myself introduced, I'm always really astonished at what people say, because in my heart, when I ever desired an amazing life, the only thing I desired was to be a good person, like just to be a good human. And let me give some context to that. I grew up not because I'm black in America, did I grow up around not so good circumstances. I grew up around not so good circumstances because that was the story of my life. There are women my same age who didn't have the same experience that I did. Their dad was not in prison. Their mom was not a single mom. Um, and so they weren't, you know, when your mom works three jobs, you're going to see some stuff you shouldn't see. Cause you're going to be left with some people, whoever she can kind of shove you to that. She knows you're going to be 
as safe as possible. And so my original dream and original goal in life was only be a good person. And the reason was because I didn't see anything bigger to think about. So thinking about being rich, uh, that sounded like a distant narrative, like, oh, maybe one day I could win the lotto. I also grew up in Texas. So the lottery has always been big. So, you know, I could win the lotto. I remember I'm also 43. So I thought Ed McMahon was one day going to come to my door. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, oh, oh, I I can't wait for my publisher's clearinghouse. Like that's going to happen. Um, I thought that the demarcation of success was when I could order from Finger Hut with full luxury. So if any of you remember, you have to be over 35 to remember Finger Hut. So my point is that my original context and reference points for success were so small but they felt really massive to me. And they felt massive because of the framing of life I had lived. So whenever we have a certain lived experience, that impacts how we'll perceive going forward. It impacts what we identify as success. It's why some people can look at Kim Kardashian and go, do more, do more, do more. You go, girl. And some people can look at her and be like, sit your ass down. Don't nobody want to see you anymore. Because some people are judging that capacity should already be there. She should be done. But they're not going to think that about Oprah because they have a different character reference for Oprah. So there's a different conversation that we have specifically as women and those of us that identify as women, we have a very specific conversation that must progress. And that is that success has a cap or a limiter, that the cap or the limiter has been bequeathed to us, meaning passed down to us, And we must accept what's been handed to us. We've got to progress beyond that. And we also get an opportunity to progress beyond our own understanding of what we've known success to be. So if we've identified that for ourselves, success is one way and spirit, source, God, light, energy, however you acknowledge divinity, I like to say God. I like to acknowledge I was created by God and I live in the image and the likeness of God. And I am an extension of source energy and I walk this earth to be an earth angel. I am responsible for slowing down and smelling the roses and the roses are other humans who need me to see them who need me in my own power and in my own light and in my own state of progress, my own lived experience of certainty and purpose and mission, my own identity as a woman that is necessary in the world, I will give myself permission to see others. And when I see them, tell them how necessary they are. 
So my come from with you today is the history of which I stand on. The history that has become my story, my lived experience until I was able to, to curate my own unique lived experiences. So all my lived experiences were originally borrowed from my mother, my grandmother, my grandfather, my aunts, my uncles, those people who loved me and gave me their experiences. But let me say this, the people that gave me their lived experiences were born in 1920, my grandparents, and then they were born in 1950, my mother and my father. So when we think about the paradigms that we're wrapped in, we also have to think about how aged those are. So why am I saying this, Renee? Why am I saying this, Christina? Why am I expressing this, Kelly? Why am I making sure that I set it up this way, Sarah? It's so that you understand that what I'm inviting you into is going to challenge what you've been told even more so than you've already been challenged this year because we've all been challenged. So what I'm going to share with you is going to challenge you. And it is up to you to decide it's up to you to decide how much of that challenge you want to step into. And here's the other thing. My invitation is not that you think identical to me. That's not sexy. My invitation is that I simply bring awareness forward for you. And then you look back at the ways that you think, the ways that you be, behave, operate, do, choose, live, the results that you have and go, does my thinking allow me to continue to ascend in my greatness in life? Does it allow me to be more impactful? Now, some of you are going to desire the fame that comes with impact like a Kim Kardashian and some of you like more of a mellow fame, like what came with Mother Teresa or JFK, like a different kind of fame but all the while, in order for you to make an impact in the world, you must declare, I'm okay with being known. I'm okay with being seen. I'm okay with being visible. And I'm willing to sacrifice some of that visibility. I'm willing to sacrifice some of the things that I really love and admire about my life. Some of those things I'm going to have to create a new harmony with. So those of you that are moms, those of you that are in partnerships and loving relationships, those of you that are really connected to your communities or, you know, to your synagogues or your churches or your mosques or whatever that may be, what you have to understand is there's some sacrifice that comes with that. Because when we're, when we're desiring to be pioneers, change agents, activators in the world, then something happens when we say, it's bigger than me, it's a movement, right? It's bigger than me, it's a movement. And that's one of the reasons why I love to teach my seven M's, which say, if you identify your mission, your mission in life, which is how am I going to live out my purpose and then monetize that successfully so that I have my own sense of well-being and achievement. 
And you get to decide that. No one, no Instagram ad gets to tell you the only way to do that is seven figures. Nobody does. I tell people all the time, look at the range between $99,999 and $999,999. Like that range is so vast. And your impact and your influence is so vast in that as well. So your income is not the predication. It is not the storyteller of how good you're living, of how impactful you're being. It's not. And anyone that's making you feel that way, you need to run the other way. And you need to run fast. You need to run fast. And give yourself permission to say, income is imperative for me to sustain my own life because you cannot be the light when you are worried about your light bill. But once you escape that worry, once you escape that worry, what happens is you're able to move from being a gardener to a farmer. And so a gardener maintains their own home, their own space. And when we all start, we're all there because we're just trying to take care of ourselves, home base. But then we turn a corner. And when we turn that corner, all of a sudden, we step into the sunlight of destiny And the sunlight of destiny gets us into a place and space of abundance and more than enough. And that more than enoughness allows us a sigh of relief and an opportunity to be transformational light workers, doer of the good work and the God work in the earth. So everything that I'm going to share with you, it's going to move very, very quickly And I'm going to share it with you out of that context. So I had to help you know me. I had to help you understand this is why I do what I do and who I am and what I'm about. And I wrote a book a while ago, actually more of a guide. I thought we would make it a book, but it was called Sad Money and Why Cash is Killing Your Business. And it was all about the plight for money being so obsessive that we then lose our sense of selves and we start taking on money any way possible and it becomes very sad to us. And it's sad in our bank account. It's sad in our investment accounts. It's sad and it's energetically draining. And that's not the kind of money that we want to pull in. We want to pull in money that is pure, that is authentic, that is aligned. And so what I'm going to talk to you about, I want you to have all of that framework and that Oh, I get it. So that before your aged paradigms or preconditioning check you out of this conversation, like, ah, I don't know if I want what she's talking about because sounds like greed or feels like greed. Well, now you get to know that's not my heart set. And you get to know that's your paradigm speaking. You get to know that's not me. Right. So you also get to know that when you start going, well, but I'm really comfortable where I am and this, that, and the other that I'm going to remind you two thirds of our world still lives on less than $2 a day. And when we look at the U.S. alone, I would just encourage you to just Google how many people in the U.S. alone sleep without beds because they don't have the provision to buy them. How many people live in food deserts in the U.S.? which means they can not get any fresh food. They are compromised for fresh water and they're living on all processed sugary foods that will eventually 
kill them. And before they kill them, they will murder their mind. So before you tell me, I'm good, I just want to remind you, the world you live in is not good. And the reason that there's so many ideas flowing through you is because you have the privilege to execute on them. And because you have that privilege, you also get to respond with responsibility. Yes, yes, or yes. Yes, you get to respond with responsibility. So with that said, everybody take a deep breath. Spirit is here. Yes. Allison, you are spirit. Thank you for being so embodied. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, let's spend some time having, having some fun. You all ready? You ready? Great. All right. So I have some notes for you. And so the first thing that I like to do always as my next thing, right? The first thing that I always like to do as my next thing is, oh, this is about me. I'm amazing. So yeah, there's that. So I have lots of results, lots of great things. And of course, there's no way I would come on Abby's platform and not toot my horn on all of the visibility platforms that I've been featured on from CNBC, Time Money, Essence, Yahoo Finance, Entrepreneur, and over the last nine years, coached and trained and mentored 7,500 students who have collectively generated $260 million of real money over 47 countries. So, and we track that by surveying our students and asking them, and the average student after taking a class with me, a live event, some, well, I used to do live events, I don't anymore, and I used to coach and I don't anymore. Um, and, uh, but in this nine years, have created an average of 35,000 new dollars immediately within the first 30 to 45 days of working with us. And then from there, that's how we got to that $260 million number. So it's been pretty phenomenal uh, to see what's happening in the world. My big promise to you today is that you're going to walk away with a minimum of three actionable steps that you can take that will transcend how you view yourself in relationship to achievement and success. How you allow yourself to be the embodiment of success without exhaustive fatigue or patriarchal practices that no longer serve the type of woman that we are today. We're just disinterested in that seat of overwhelm. And you don't have to sit there. If somebody pushes that chair up to you, kick it over and saw off the legs and make you a wooden necklace. Like do something, but do not sit in it, okay? Like we don't have to do that. So Tom Peters says that you cannot shrink your way to greatness. And I love this because what we try to do as women is we try to become successful in a whisper. And let me give you an example of that. My housemate just completed her PhD and she's starting a new business. And I have not asked her permission to tell this story. So I'll have to beg for forgiveness later, but she's starting a new business. And she said to me the other day, I said, she said, well, I'm having a challenge with my pricing. I said, you're not having a challenge with your pricing. You're having a challenge with your decision, but your pricing is good. Well, people keep telling me, I said, I can't even have this conversation with you. It's emotionally exhaustive. 
to rehash this conversation with you and you already have the answer. So choose, choose to get the check you want or, or choose to get the check that you deem is acceptable by others. Choose. And so she said, well, the, the thing that I don't want to do is put my prices out there and then my family and friends will see how much I make. Now, I assume we've all come to the age where we've had a mammogram and we've had our boobs smashed between that, you know, that machine that just like squeezes the life. And you think, am I ever going to get pleasure out of this thing again? What I heard from her felt like that type of vice grip on her potential. You mean to tell me that you're going to suffocate your ability to create abundance for yourself because other people might not be happy about the fact that you make more money than them. I'm sorry, where, where do we do that? Where, why are we doing that? So again, I wanna come from the context and from the angle of, unapologetically disrupting you that some of you one of the main reasons why your success cannot and is not blossoming in the way in which you desire it and by the way my family can see my prices but they still don't know how much I make like they have no idea what that means I actually am able to bring home to myself and not only that I live an extremely successful and extraordinary abundant life without having to be in a lifestyle that I don't enjoy, that takes me out of my own uh, uh, socio-ethical frameworks and my own internal moral systems. So whenever we are navigating and negotiating ourselves into smallness and justifying it with, well, because people that are, that are big like that, you know they have to sacrifice who they are. I'm not willing to sell my soul. Okay, that's like saying, I'm not gonna get on a treadmill because I don't wanna get too skinny. I ain't even done one walk. And some of you are prejudging success. Like, well, I don't want to be that way, but you ain't even got $2 in your account. Like what? I don't even get it. I don't even understand that kind of thing. I don't want to get too skinny. Can you just get on the treadmill? Can you just stretch? Can you just stop your back from hurting? Can we just, can we just get you on an unprocessed diet? So the fibromyalgia, the arthritis ain't flaring up. Can we just start there or, or no? No. Okay. So again, we're just having a dialogue where I'm going to continue to ask you the way that you think, Christina, does it serve you? The way that you think, Sarah, is it working? Is it giving you what you desire? If so, do more of that. Great. Let me confirm it for you. And if it doesn't, it's okay. Give yourself a beat to go, you know what? Allison helped me identify that. Because everything that you're going to identify for yourself won't be um, something that I say. It will be the energy in which I'm speaking that just opens it up for you where you're just like, okay, okay, I've been wanting to make this decision, but I haven't given myself the opportunity to. So I want to say this. I want to say that learning does not have instant gratification. So 
our learning time together today doesn't, there's no benefit to just learning. The benefit comes in the activation and the activation has to progress into execution, which means it has to be implemented somewhere. So of every awakening that I bring forward for you, my invitation is that you would ask yourself, how do I make a difference with this data for myself? How do I make a difference in my results? How do I have, make a difference in my business vision, in my personal life mission, in my own God-given purpose, in how I show up as a partner, in marriage, in business, in relationship, whatever that may be. So what I want to share with you is that there's a three-step process that I love to do. And the three-step process is all A's. So write this down. It's affirm, affirm, and action. So affirm, we've heard of affirmations before. To affirm something is to identify, I have an idea for a new intention. An affirmation is conceptual. It is not yet reality. So when you affirm, it is, I have an idea for a new reality and that it could occur. That's what an affirmation is. So you affirm, I am a New York Times bestselling author. I am featured on headline news. I am a multi million dollar philanthropic force in the world, that is all wonderful. And guess what else? It's an idea of an intention. It's not yet real. So when you affirm, you are simply setting the idea and the new intention in motion for your life. Then you affirm. And if you've never read the book Affirmations by my friend Noah St. John, I invite you to read it. You'll love it. And Affirmations is to ask yourself, why would that ever occur for me? Why would that be real? Why would it happen? And when you affirm a new intention and get a new idea in momentum, then you ask yourself, why would that occur for me? I'm a multi seven figure uh, philanthropic force in the world. Why would that happen for me? Because I am flooded with ideas. I am flooded with opportunities. I am flooded with hope for the world and I get to be the answer. So then now you do the final A, which is action. What action must I take in order to see what I know is right and aligned for me occur? How do I make that intention now a true impact in my lived experience? And the reason that affirmations can become fatiguing is because we feel uh, fraudulent when we're saying it, because we just feel like, well, I'm just ideating. But you're only ideating if you don't affirm and if you don't find an action to take that makes it be true. So to affirm is to set the intention 
to a form is to understand why that intention would become true for you. And then to create action is to set a plan in motion that allows you to be in the receiving mode of all the assets and resources that support you to make what you affirmed and ideated around really come true. You'll have to replay that one because that was like a mouthful, right? So let's talk about a few things that we can affirm because I believe that you can attract wonderful things in your life and open yourself up to limitless possibilities, but it won't happen if you don't know how to do it for you. If you don't know how to make that happen for you, I heard for years, all things are possible to those who believe. But then one time I heard someone say, all things are possible to those who choose to believe. Then I heard someone else say, all things are possible to those who know how to believe. And it made me think, is there a different way to believe? Oh, wait, there's a structure and a framework that supports belief. So let's talk about some affirmations that you may consider affirming and finding ways to take action for yourself could really make a difference for you. You guys ready to play a little bit? All right. So this one I love. I love this one. It is, I believe I have the right to be prosperous, abundant, and successful. I'm going to show you like 10 of these. And I want you to take the one that you really feel resonates with you, and it might be two or three. But your homework after we get off is to ask yourself, why would that happen for me? My affirmation, why would it happen for me? So if I affirmed that I believe I have the right to be prosperous, abundant, and successful, why is that real for me? And what actions support me to make that a reality in my life? Okay, so I'll show you like 10 of them. Ready? All right, let's go. I have the power to attract the best in life. Again, affirmation and intention, 10,000 feet up, not yet a lived experience. How do we affirm it? And then how do we take action on it? Money flows to me easily. Now, this is great because note that I'm not saying, or let me just say this, any amount of money that you want, big sums, little sums, whatever, but how about we normalize money coming to us with grace and ease, simplicity and straightforwardness? How about we normalize that? Why don't we do that for ourselves? I love money and money loves me. I love having a conversation about loving money and being okay with it and not being managed or manipulated by it, but being in great relationship with it. Here's another affirmation, a possible intention that you can bring into a lived experience. It is natural for me to be successful. Here are three that I really love. I am the spirit of joy. I am the spirit of happiness. I feel love through every cell of my being. Why do I work with incredible leaders who are forces in the world as thought leaders today, just like you. And why do I ground all of you in affirmations and the process of affirming, affirming and taking action because it clears your energetic clutter. Because as we ascend to higher levels of success, something in us starts negotiating us back 
and steps us into the fear or the crime, shall I say, of outshining. Well, maybe we should leave some for somebody else. Well, let me tell you something, baby. If you leave $100,000 lying around, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden someone on the inner city of the south side of Chicago is going to just stumble into $100,000 and change their life because you left money on the table that was intended for you. That's not how this thing works. But how it can work is that you pick up that $100,000. You do it through your own source of privilege that we all have to be entrepreneurial leaders in business right now with the courage and the will to live out the big ideas for our lives. And then we hear the soul whisper to go make a difference in the South side of Chicago. We take that $100,000 and we make a difference in the lives of the families that we meet or the organizations that we partner with. And we do it because we cleared the clutter and we could hear and we could do good work and God work as a reflection of the career path that we chose for ourselves called entrepreneurship. Here's another one I love. I'm a badass, divine, anointed. My abundance is non-effing negotiable. Remembering that abundance is a mindset before it becomes a lived experience. I love this one. I set my own goals. I delight in the uniqueness that is me. Favorite of mine, I am shedding beliefs, fears, worn out and inherited ways of living that no longer serve me. If you can't say amen, baby, then go ahead and say, ouch, it is okay. Amen. Amen. But we must give ourselves permission to shed beliefs or fears, inherited ways of living that are just old, old. And people that loved us gave them to us. And just because we detach from their thinking doesn't mean we need to detach from our love for them. Oh, ouch, ouch. And that's a yummy lesson that I received when my mother ascended we say ascended in my family. We don't say passed away or died. And when my mother ascended, I wanted every lesson of hers. I wanted to just hold it sacred. And I wanted to act like my mother was a saint. And the truth of the matter is my mother was an anointed woman, a powerful woman, a strong woman, a woman of faith, a woman of power, a woman of deep love. Deep love. I can never say I missed out on love, ever. There are some things and ways of being that she chose out of her own life circumstances that I had to unlearn. And I had to learn them after she was no longer on earth. And I had to go, I still love you. But the lessons that are still echoing in my life, I'm no longer connected to those. And because I'm no longer connected, write this down, I'm no longer committed to them either. And my love and loyalty to you are not tethered to me duplicating your life. Next one, I am comparing myself, my life, my truth, no more. We can just be complete with that. If you want to take your own personal achievements, your own professional successes, your own uh, life provision to the next level, get yourself out of the disease, the dis-ease of comparison. 
Here's another. I am light. I am answering the call of what enlivens me. I am light and I am answering the call of what enlivens me. Now I'm a big proponent of doing the thing that feeds your soul and fuels your joy. What I also want you to understand is that if you're in the middle of building a business or building a brand or building a platform, sometimes there are sacrifices. And the sacrifice that I had to make early in was that I had a big passion for children, had a big philanthropic vision for my life and for my success and for what I wanted to do. But I couldn't start out doing that because guess what? I didn't have any money. And the money that I didn't, that I did have, I had to live on. So saying that the only thing I was willing to do was the thing I was the most passionate about would have meant that I wouldn't have had a life beyond what I was living in when I started, which was in 2008, living in a less than 500 square foot apartment, barely making my ends meet. That just didn't work. So I had to be smart about it. And I had to give myself 10% of the thing I was passionate and excited about. And over the years, increase myself three to 5% to now I get to be in over 50% of my time and energy and resources in the things that I love and that I'm passionate about. But it took time and energy and strategic effort and focus. So how do we do that? Here's another affirmation. I am fiercely kind and loving to myself. I am fiercely kind and loving to myself. Why would you make that real for yourself? Why would you make that a constant? And what action would you need to take? Remember with each statement, it's a three-part process. If I affirm it, I must affirm it by asking myself, why would it be real? And then what action will I take in order to see it as a constant state of my being? Next one, I've made peace with my past and it has no power over me. I've made peace with my past, and it has no power over me. Why would that be real? What in your present is predicated upon you having that energetic sigh of relief? I wrote this one again. I think I wrote three of them double time because they're so important. I am fiercely kind and loving to myself reminding you to take that on as one of your continued affirmations that you affirm and take action on. That you would affirm, affirm, and take action on the fact that you are free, that you are enough and always have been enough, that you are free, that you are enough and have always been enough. I intentionally wrote those again for you. And finally, that you would affirm, affirm, and take action that you are indeed self-love in action. I want you to know that you can attract wonderful things in your life and open yourself up to limitless possibilities. It requires that you give yourself permission to identify what intentions do I truly want to hold for myself? What do I want to foretell for my future and for my life? And then why will I validate that that can happen for me? And do I even have my rooting and my footing in worthiness? Because that's where we all get toppled over so fast is we 
big belief, big intention, but then guess what? We're a little wobbly in our worthiness. And so that a forming state, that doing that part of the activity is so imperative for you to be able to carry out new realities and lived experiences all the way into and throughout your life. And then from there, you're able to make and take strategic action. Does that make sense? So before I go any further or teach any additional points or anything like that, Abby, I just want to check in with you. I want to check in with everyone, see how everyone's feeling and see um, if we have any questions before I add anything in and we haven't clarified where we are. I have been in full body chills this entire time. And I just privately messaged Sarah and was like, I feel literally the grace of God on this call. And I'm so grateful that we're going to end this season because this is actually replayed for our mentorship program as well. So I'm so grateful that we get to end with your greatness, Allison. I'm just sitting in total gratitude and um, yeah, it's just beautiful. Thank you for being you. We typically go until 1115. So I just wanted to honor your time too, because you're doing this so graciously. So I just wanted to say thank you. And Yes, as long as you'd like to teach, I'll be here. And I know that Renee, Kelly, Christina, Sarah are, can be on until at least 11.15, so. Yeah, well, why don't we open with, like if anyone has a question and then what I'll do is I'll just give a, a few final just teaching points. That sounds beautiful. And I get, I'm very lucky and I get to be graced in your energy quite often. I wanna be able to give that chance to, to the other four. Yeah, so let me just check in. Christina, Kelly, Sarah, Renee. Anyone have any questions or any aha moments on anything that I've shared so far? Lots of aha moments. The whole idea of affirmations, like it, I was always, like I believe in them so strongly, but it was missing something. And I think this a form is the newest piece for me um, and really probably what's in my own way. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, a lot is being activated around that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Ellie? you were saying? Yeah, I've loved just having the different um, affirmations to be able to try on for the moments that I'm needing to affirm and affirm those things on myself. I'm curious for you, at least for me, there are so many different visions of what I could do and calls and of course they get to be monetized because there are missions and movements that were on how did you, for yourself, keep directing yourself into the next season? And how did you know which one should lead? Was it just knowing strongly in your spirit, like this has to be the leader of the creation that I'm contributing to the world? I'm just curious for yourself. Yeah. So what I, if you all have a piece of paper in front of you, I encourage you to draw a triangle. And at the base of the triangle, what I like to put is life provision. And to the right of the triangle, I like to put professional achievement. And to the left of the triangle, I like to put personal fulfillment. And what I used to do was make entrepreneurship responsible for all three of those. And what I recognized was that entrepreneurship was responsible for my life vision because it was my career. And 
And many of us don't treat entrepreneurship like it's our career, but it's our career. And, um, and we elevate that career into a business. And through that business, we can have professional achievements, but professional achievements are unique of the business too, because you might want to be a best-selling author. That has nothing to do with the business. Does it ripple into the business? Yes, but it doesn't have anything to do with the business, right? So uh, my friend, uh, Melissa Urban, Whole30 CEO, they write books all the time, but her professional um, achievement in that, that's an achievement, but it's not the business itself. So once I was able to start identifying what I, the categories. So Kelly, I would say to myself, what's the highest in priority right now? My life provision or is my life provision solid? Is it running on automation? Is it performing well? And when I say running on automation, not automated sequences. I mean, it's just, I've already got something in rhythm where money is continuing. Um, And so if that was the case, okay, great then what professional achievement do I want to focus on or what personal fulfillment do I want to focus on? So I would just ask myself that question. But if we keep entrepreneurship responsible for all of it, then the business is always sacrificing for our dreams. Good. Yeah. So we've got, so when we break it up, is this something that will personally fulfill me? Is this something that is a professional achievement? Or is this something that's about my life provision? And then which one do I want to make priority? Which one do I want to make second in priority? And which one do I want to make third in priority? And then do I want to put this in the quarter that I'm in, the quarter that's to come? Like we don't allow ourselves to put things in the future because we start saying, well, if I don't do it now, it's not going to happen. It's not, your destiny is not a grocery store trip. So it's not like. (laughs) That's good. If I don't do this by five o'clock, we ain't going to eat at the end of it. That's not what it is. And and as women, particularly, I notice we rush our decisions and we don't allow ourselves to future pace. But if you break it down like that, you'll give yourself permission to future pace and not always feel the anxiety or the angst that you're running out of time, that you'll disappoint God, that you are falling short in your calling. Like none of that's real. It is just whatever we believe becomes what we live and that's what makes it real. So we get to shift our belief by expanding our consciousness and doing it through the framework I just gave you. I love that. Um, One other question, if I can. I know that you have a learning mentality that you don't look at, at things fixed, that you keep being better every single day in expanding yourself when you look back at some of the decisions that you've made, what wisdom would you pass on to anyone watching this around their money mindset and the things that they're creating that could be a roadblock that your wisdom has shown you like, I wish I hadn't done this or because of this, I learned to do it differently. Is there any, anything around money and creation like that? Yep. Make money faster. Okay. Make money faster. Like, I think that so many entrepreneurial leaders make money the last thing and they make entrepreneurship their social justice project, their save the world project. And it's like, yes, Yes. um, 
I'm pretty sure that's what a 501c3 is. I'm pretty sure that you could start a nonprofit if that's what you wanted. Um, and so make money, make it faster and try new things out. People kept telling me I would be wonderful on TV. They were like, you, you would be so great on TV. You would be amazing. I never wanted to be on TV. I was like, I, I, I do not have the energy to be on TV. I don't want to. It has not been in my dream. But everybody kept telling me. So I thought to myself, well, maybe I should try it. So I converted a, a warehouse into a studio and made my own TV show and tried it to see if I would like it. I invested about, I don't know, ten or $12,000 to do it. It was one day, one recording, the end. I didn't like it. Hmm. I then went to do another show um, that I got cast on, did it, tried it. We filmed for three months. I hated it. I was cold. We were in Reno. It was like, I've never been so cold in my life. I don't even understand why Reno was that cold. And I'm there and I got heat warmers on. I'm like, oh my God, it was terrible. And they're like, do the shot again. Okay, now do the shot as though Allison said this. Now, Allison, get mad. Do the shot this way. I learned very quickly I didn't want that experience. I think two things I would say to anyone rising. One, make money, make it fast, and try on as many things as you can for the business so you can really land on your one thing and do it very well. Mm-hmm. And number two, try new experiences. Try the things that scare you. Try the things that, you know, now when people say to me, you'd be great on TV, what I know is I would be great on TV this way. It can't be outside. Don't be putting me outside. Don't be asking me like, I have so much other context other than, uh, I, I dreamed it. I invested, some people would never invest ten to $12,000 to see if that dream would even be real. But how do you know what to pray for? How do you know what vision to download if you don't keep going forward in it? We are so lazy often in the pursuit of our greatness. We just want some divine magic genie to just drop it in our laps and say, ta-da, you have everything you've ever wanted in your life right now. And it doesn't happen like that. It helps. It happens through trial, through error, through investment, and um, and the goal is to have coaches and mentors and therapists and trainers and people that help us not fatigue in the process. That help us continue to keep crafting better and smarter decisions, so that while we're running the race, we're hydrated, we're stretching, we're energetically doing all the things that would kink us up otherwise. So that would be my two pieces of advice. Make money, charge well, have a great time, have fun in the business, like make it, make it, make it, make it, figure out all the different ways. And then try things on that you think you might be good at and see if you are. And then give yourself permission to either do it or not do it. I love it, thank you. Amazing as always. Allison, I have one question for this group and for everyone that's gonna be watching because I know the stories of so many, I can literally feel them as they're watching your greatness. One of the pieces that's happening for the women on this call and for the dozens of others that'll be watching, they're being activated right now, actively activated. And it's scary as fuck. 
because the vision that they're being called into or the things that they're being asked to release or to lean in on might not be anything they've ever done before. They might not be the things that normal society would applaud them to do. How have you, as you continually feel activated in these new versions of yourself and new gifts and new talents and new pieces of you, how do you continue to give yourself permission to say yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so 15% of our success is based on four things, skill, knowledge, talent, education. And even though it's a smaller percentage than the the next percentage I'm going to reference, it must be sharp. So the first thing that I do is I am a studier to always develop my skill, my knowledge, my talent, my education. I'm always up-leveling. Like I've already purchased the courses that I'm going to take over Thanksgiving holiday. Like I've already purchased that because I'm already excited about expanding my own capacity. You cannot enlarge your territory if you don't expand your capacity. And so that's critical. Um, so 15% of your success, skill, knowledge, talent, education, invest in your skill, your knowledge, your talent, education. How do you do that? You can have a high level coach that you pay a lot of money to been there, done that. And I endorse it. You can have a mastermind that you are part of. That's important because the number one thing to your success is your environment. And so the culture of people that you're around is huge to be able to go to your next level been there, done that. I think the first mastermind that I joined was under $2,000. The next, like the highest level mastermind I've joined was like $66,000. And those relationships continue to pay for themselves, continue to pay for themselves. I did a $66,000 investment and signed my first $2 million deal. So you, like, I had no idea it was even around the corner. I had no idea. So I would just, so I would say skill, knowledge, talent, education, invest in that. And then 85% of your success is based on who you will allow and give yourself permission to be. And that has been through my shadow work, having a therapist, having a life coach, having a soul coach, and they are different. Um, And those three anchors, and, and I will say also my executive coach. They are not all activated at the same time. So before you start going, well, that just sounds so expensive or it sounds unnecessary. Let me just help your stinking thinking. And let me just tell you that you get to decide when you tap into them. You know, therapy is a constant for me. Um, but my life coach, I probably work with him for a sprint every quarter. And then I set the path and then I don't come back around until the next sprint of the next quarter. So you get to decide how your roster is activated, but definitely have a roster that supports you with your mental health, with the health of your soul and of your psyche, a life coach that helps you strategically plan and stay focused on your personal fulfillment. And then someone in your executive corner that's helping you with your life provision and your uh, professional achievement. That's what I say. Well, shit. Yeah, that's it. And I want to say really quickly, too, if you haven't had a chance, um, for those of you that are live, and then, of course, for everyone that's watching this recording, if you haven't had a chance to follow Allison, 
Um, her handle is this, I am Allison Bird. So first off, no duh, just do that. Second, um, Allison has a few different offerings of ways that you can be activated. And I literally mean this, when I am in her presence as a friend or a mentee, we wear different hats together, they're always very cute. When we are around each other, I am continually activated in my own greatness because she gives herself permission to do the same for herself. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram. So tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.